Hello and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Sam. And I'm Star. All, all S's today. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm finally back. I'm not dead. Yeah, the coronavirus didn't get me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not yet it didn't. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> not as dark as the section we read. <laughs> Anyway, um, this is episode five, brought to you by the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess our first thing we're going to say is that Sam is back. Woohoo! Um, yeah! I have time for once. I'm literally hand flapping with excitement. I, I'm not exaggerating. My, my hand is going. And I'm rocking. <laughs> yeah, we're really happy to have you back. That's what any creaking noises might be. That just me rocking because stimming. <laughs> My bed creak. I was just about to say, good to see you again. And then I was like, wait, no. Good <laughs> to hear from you again. So this has been a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Wait, um, Sam, your, your school is closed also, right? Oh yeah, till the 30th, baby. Yeah, because um, Ooh, boy. yeah, star and star in my school is not happening anymore either. Technically, it's still happening, just on a laptop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's why I have time to even be here today, because I have so much time to get all of my other schoolwork done. I can just be like, I have an hour to spare. Oh boy. So do we just get into it? I guess. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any any other noises that might come in the uh, in the background? Uh, I'm in the living room, so my mom might come home, or my sister might walk out, or um, or the animals might just run around and go crazy because they do that, especially the dog and the kitten. Yeah, that might happen. Don't worry, I, d- I, w- I won't die probably. Probably. All right, so we we've got through book one. Yeah, this is so. Yeah, this episode we're covering all the way up to the end of the book, which Woo! is exciting. Um, yeah. One down, seven more to go? We have seven more to go, and by the time we're done with that, I'm pretty sure 8.5 will be out as well. Probably. So, <laughs> Yee. Yeah. God, it has been so long since I read this book, though. Like, God. I've been chucked back to what? like sixth grade i remember being so shook when i first when i first read the what uh the whole like kidnapping thing i I was shook yeah that was intense i forgot how intense it was yeah right i'm glad it got that rating change because originally the age rating was like eight to twelve and i'm like first of all i don't think most eight-year-olds read books this thick um and they're you know kind of complex and stuff it's a lot of stuff and second of all this is way too dark for small children like i feel like middle school and up would be way better but you know recently got the change from uh the the age rating being 12 to 17 oh really oh i didn't know that for a month uh, yeah i don't know when that happened but when i read this book first like the one thing that i really remember i was like oh right the main character got tortured and kidnapped and drugged for days like that was it that was it foxfire none of that none of that stuck but that's that sure is a thing oh boy yeah definitely for ages 8 to 12 (laughs) (laughs) when i was 8 i was reading horse diaries Children getting tased. I was reading some sort of horse book series. I don't remember what it was. I mean, to be quite frank with you, when I was eight, I was probably reading Artemis Fowl, and that actually does have a lot of children. Oh, should we talk about Artemis Fowl? I don't know anything about that. I have never heard of it. You know who else doesn't know anything about that? The writers of the movie. Oh, man. Fine. It's fine. Oh, I think that's the only thing I've heard about it. People complaining that, like, the movie is or is gonna be terrible. It looks so bad. It's like, quite frankly, it's nearly impressive. You know, I would be down for a Keeper movie, though, but even more so, like, I'd want, like, like a like I'd want like a series like a like an animated series. It has to be animated. I just I I can't with a live action Keeper. I just cannot comprehend the idea of them not looking like 
to like not like not similar to the way that that I picture them or that or the way that they are in their art. They just they have to be more similar, and real people just won't won't cut that. <laughs> I think Shannon actually said before that if they were going to do a keeper movie or like a TV series or something, it would have to be. She animated. would like require it to be animated, just because the kids would age too fast. Shannon gets it. Right. For like, because if you do one movie a year or like one book per season, they'd be like 20 by the time the series is over. So, yeah. Man, I, I, I would kill to be in charge of like writing the Keeper like show. Like, I mean, I intend to go into, into like video game writing, like writing the plot for video games. But like, if, if I can't find anything for that, I'm also super down for going into, like, writing for TV shows. And let me tell you, I would kill to write a Keeper animated TV series. Yeah, that would be... Well, when you do, hire me as one of oh, one of your co-writers. You know what? I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you somewhere on the team. <laughs> get, get in the writer's room, just, like, kick down the door. Hello, it's your boy. <laughs> 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 you made me a promise. <laughs> so what did you guys think of of the these last couple chapters other than oh boy that 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 got dark really quickly. Dex committed a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he did. Dex would commit tax fraud. <laughs> Dex would he absolutely would. <laughs> Love seeing children commit crimes. Dex said be gay, do crimes. Okay, but like, I don't know. One of the things that just kind of got to me about that is that's Dex's manifestation. Like, that's when Dex discovers his talent. Hey, Dex, how did you, how did you manifest robbery? <laughs> <laughs> but legitimately, it's like, you know, he, he figures out this thing that's been kind of nagging. what's the word? You know, like, haunting him the whole book. And it's one moment to solve one problem that doesn't ever come up again. Like, he has this automatic solution to this thing that's going on, this incredible talent. And it never, like, the solution doesn't even get used. It doesn't actually help anything or anyone. And it's just like, you kind of see, like, yeah, this is where it starts. This is how we get to Everblaze, you know? Oh, my God. I, my boy. <laughs> Maybe my I just boy. love my boy a whole lot, okay? And I think he deserves more than he just, gets. I love, I love Dex. I love Dex so much. Appreciate him more for the love of God. <laughs> I want to see more cool tech stuff with Dex Seriously, Disney. Like, whatever. Like he gets a lot of gadgets and stuff, but I kind, I do want to see a montage of him actually making it and like for it to be seen as cool instead of just a thing that happens. Oh my god, that would be so cool. It's just... I don't know. It's it's a real thing. I think he's super cool. I think there's so much that you can do with his talent, with what he can do, and I want to see it explored more. Just badly. I want to... Yeah, I want to explore that. You know what? If I do ever make that show, his technopathy's getting explored more because I said so. Amen to that. Amen. Do you want to start, yeah, do you want to start, like, going through the section, what we've done before is, like, gone kind of chronologically, so, with, like, explaining the context as we go along, so, do you want to try to do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to stay, yeah, I'll, I'll try and stay chronological, but, like, I'm, ADHD just makes you naturally just scatterbrain, and, oh, I just realized I forgot to take my meds today. <laughs> Time blindness is a real trip. It is just an adventure. Sorry if you hear rustling. I forgot to take my meds and I'm like, oh no. Take your meds. They're important. Yeah, and I feel like we're going to end up like, we're going to keep skipping back to the climax and stuff in Paris, I feel like, throughout. Just because like, it's... It's just such a major thing that's like, yeah, we should probably, probably go back to that one. Wait, okay, speaking, speaking of sedation and stuff... Don't we find out? Because, like, Sophie is a, just a drug delirious haze for ten days. Wasn't Dex conscious? Like, am I remembering that wrong? I thought he was also mostly drugged, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you... Yeah, they burned him trying to get information. God, 
Because cause they, they clarify that in, in, oh, what is it? I think it's either in Neverseen or the one after that. And I'm just like, I, I remember I was reading it and I was like looking for anything, any moment when she was awake where she could hear Dex screaming because I felt like that would have been an image to be quite frank with you. I think she was like drugged for that at least. Like maybe, I just, I, I was expecting it to, I was expecting to see it there. Maybe it's like, repressed maybe she's heard it like it's just repressed because like i i could imagine that being very much repressed yeah that, that makes sense but yeah no dex was he was conscious the whole time fun times yeah no i'm just because i'm going through the book right now and i'm looking at like from because what happens it happens in chapter 44 and if you go through you can kind of figure out when they're doing what they're doing with dex and so it's She's a hostage. You find out, okay, they came up with a plan, but they don't know what to do with him. And then the next one is, um, have they decided what to do with it? They have to get rid of the boy. And then between that and the next memory, quote unquote, like her next blink of consciousness, they decide, okay, we can't get rid of him without risking his body being found or something. And then somewhere in there, they decide we can use him to get information, but he doesn't talk. So then they go to Sophie. They try to, oh wait, okay, yeah. And then they try. They try to go through her mind. It doesn't work. And then Mr. Forgo rescues them. So yeah, that's what it looks like. Oh, um, I also just want to bring up. I don't. I don't feel like I, I've seen this mentioned before. Uh, something rather, rather screwed up. Uh. Like, when they were going through with their plan, before Dex even came along, their plan was to stage Sophie's suicide. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, they too. Had to, they had to fake an accident because of Dex, but if it wasn't for that, like, it would have... They would have staged a suicide, and, like, can you imagine, like, how much more heartbreaking that would have been for everyone if, like... Like, don't get me wrong, still, like absolutely terrible if they were like lost to a tidal wave but dear god suicide especially because then everyone would be blaming themselves and there'd probably just be so many shattered minds and i'm i i I, i'm word i'm word vomiting i need to stop i need to stop okay but speaking of which i actually think that would have gone a lot differently because i think suicide as a concept is completely foreign to every elf like, I don't think else oh my God, a conceptualization of suicide as a concept because to get to a point where you think death would be better than continuing to live, I don't think any elf ever gets to that point. They break Oh my first. God, no one has. I don't think anyone has. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it would have been... Oh, how would that have... Yeah, how would that have worked? My, 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 my brain may or may not have exploded. <laughs> like, my best guess is had they staged a suicide, people would have gone, oh, it's because she was raised with humans. It's because, you know, like... Oh yeah. my god, that... Jesus. That actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, that hurts. That hurts a lot. Maybe that's why that was the plan. Nobody would look because it was like, it's completely foreign to them. They don't get it. It's because she was different from day one. Star, you're hurting my heart. <laughs> I don't even know if they know what to call it. Right, but because Dex was there, it's not just that, like, two simultaneous suicides would have been unrealistic. It's that because Dex was an elf raised by elves they would have seen that as suspicious. And, like, he was, do he was like, visibly doing pretty much just fine before. And, like, lots of people knew, like, all the stuff that would be going on with Sophie. I mean, heck, Dex probably wouldn't have had much of a conception of what it was. Like, we saw in, um, like, way back in the beginning of the book when Morello was, like, so confused why Grady and Edelin would be grieving over their dead child. Like, I doubt any elf has any sort of idea of, like, what suicide really is to be honest sometimes i think about mental health services in the lost cities and then i like wince just very hard because like the thing is i don't think they have any i don't think any elf is either equipped or like okay i i do know there was like mention of something i think in um what was it nightfall but i don't think any elf is equipped to deal with things like depression with things like you know anxiety with any sort of extreme emotion like that because we know that they break when they feel guilt like how do elves handle emotion how do they get better and learn from their mistakes they literally can't feel guilt oh i'd really like to ask shannon about all about all this at some point like 
like mental illness and and disorders with, with elves like like how how do they how do they deal with it do they have better medicines than humans maybe that's why it's not as much as an issue because they have they know medicine that helps regulate it a lot better i just want an elf with adhd okay i want my representation to be in there a bit uh until then i see all of them as having adhd and you can't stop me you know what valid valid but also like morella's mother yeah, I feel like I feel like Morella would have at least a little bit of an idea of how grieving would work cuz even though her mother's not like dead or anything even though she's very much alive like she's still very much not the same person that that she probably was. I mean heck, Morella's mother is probably our best example that we currently have now of how mental illness is handled and it's not good. Like does I wanna, I, I, if we haven't already, I, I want, I can't remember if we have, but I like, I want to meet Morella's mom and like just see how she is. I want a Morella short story around how she and her mother interact. Oh my god, that would be so good. And if I don't get it, I'll write a fic about it myself. The power of fandom. God, I wonder if Shannon watches this. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I want, I, I, if, if any of us. Managed to like get to her t to her tour. We we have to tell her about it. Like, we have to tell her. I know. I'm certain that she would check it out. I kind of want to ask her like for an interview later on. Oh my, oh my god. god! I would probably cry. Literally, like I I have uh, when I go into daydream modes. Like I have various little daydreams that like I just select one when I decide I want to zone out for a while. And one of my daydreams is just like, what if I got to sit down with Shannon Messenger and just talk and just be a total utter geek about this series and ask her all the questions I wanted? That is one of the ones I go through a lot. And I have like, I, I should honestly put it in my notes, the kinds of things that I want to ask and tell her about. One of the things I'm really, really hoping in an 8.5 is that we get some, some like world building, some like answers to all these like questions about what, like, the thing about having a perfect society is people still get hurt. People still suffer. We see that in the books. It's where the conflict comes from. And what do they do with the people who are struggling? Like, I, I have so many questions. So many. Honestly, I should just, I really need to make a note thing. Oh, yeah. And we met, I, I sorry, I, I, I random thought. I just remembered. We also met, uh, meet Sandor. Oh, yeah. I love Sandor. When she just sort of casually takes him out with her new inflicting skills. <laughs> Goblin dad. Goblin dad. Okay, but speaking speaking of, like, family and also world-building questions, boy, is the Lost City's adoption system just a wreck of a thing. Like, don't get me wrong. The human foster system, not great. Some problems, but oh my god. You cannot start adoption proceedings for a foster kid, any foster kid, and then cancel it. A literal foster kid? <laughs> yes. I oh my god. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I can't resist a pun. Oh, that's so good. But I mean, like, the point is, like, like, just just from, from a human perspective, I say that because, I don't know, maybe elves are different, but from a human perspective... Kids who are in adoption have already been abandoned once. And abandoned is the wrong word to use there. So kids who are in adoption have already lost a family once. That's the better word. You cannot offer them a new one and then take it away. Like, look, I'm not a mental health expert, but I just feel in my heart like that would be really, really bad for a kid who's already lost it, it is. once. It is like it is. We see Legit, that. Like it's it like so, it it got Sophie like so messed up. Like that is what starts her whole breakdown, and like I don't think it comes up in Exile, which I think stings because one of the things that I kind of maybe it does, maybe I'm just forgetting. But one of the things that I kind of think would have been interesting to explore is seeing Sophie be like uncertain about this. Like every time something goes wrong, she goes back to her parents and she's really cautious about it like i i kind of want i kind of wish that like we gotten to see this voice in the back of her head that says they chose you and then they rejected you because you were bad and then they chose you again and you don't know you never know they could still take it back they did it already can i just say real quick that i love the passion in star's voice it's wonderful <laughs> 
I just have a lot of emotions, okay? It's no, it's I wasn't saying that to make fun of you. I love it. It means you hold the same passion levels as me. I just don't always put it through my voice because I'm not I I'm like I don't want to freak out my pets. Uh Iggy was a uh, MVP of this section with the uh, biting one of the kidnappers. Get him, Iggy. I'm a sick my imp my imp on you. <laughs> Another note. Um this is in we're just kind of jumping everywhere, but, like, uh, couple things. That's a mood. Couple things. Um, one, Dex was also, like, before they both got kidnapped, it's very, Dex is acting very middle school. I understand being, like, so consumed with your social drama that you, you know, kind of prioritize that over the fact that your friend's going through some stuff. But that's still kind of a jerk move. But yeah, e even I was like, Dex, buddy, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. A little bit. At the same time, though, I can, like, see where he's coming from. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I can, too. But even I was like, buddy, ignore the Vacker stuff for now. Sophie is going through terrible things. It's like, I understand what you're doing, but also what you're doing is wrong. I understand why you're doing it, but it's not right. Also, the second note about that conversation, um, there's a quote, which I know because I highlighted it. Um, it was like, besides, they're my friends. I keep, it's like, you want to hate them. I don't trust them. Well, I do. Yeah, because you have a mega crush on Fitz. And those things don't have any dialogue tags. There's no Sophie said, Dex said. And I got mixed up in my dialogue. And I thought was the last oh, line was Sophie <laughs> saying that to Dex. And I was like, wait, what? I would have jotted this down. <laughs> oh my god, I wish. I wish. I wish. That is my second favorite keepership. Debts. It was it's my second favorite. It was my first gay ship ever and also my first LGBT character head canon ever of like Dex being bi. That is intensely relatable. And, and like here's the thing, I know like in real life the whole you know, we hate each other, but secretly because we have unresolved feelings is not necessarily really true, but it's such a good trope, and it's right there in the text, and I'm like, oh my god. N note that it's not technically right there in the text. Yeah, the way that I usually tend to see it is, like, Dex is like, oh, like, I hate him, but also unresolved feelings, but Fitz is just there, like, hi, just trying to be, like, nice to him, just be like, why is this small, angry boy, like so mad at me <laughs> it's such a good ship it's just a good ship it's just a good ship like yeah it is the first introduction to the land i of also Slash. had canon that uh technopaths can um <laughs> i uh i had canon that technopaths can like imitate like any sort of like technology sound thing like like it, so like decks can just make various noises from like computers or, or um and or and such and like and sometimes it just slips out like i don't know he accidentally like reveals his feelings to fitz but fitz doesn't hear him <laughs> and is just like what did you say and deck just freaks and just windows start <laughs> shut down noise <laughs> just loud <laughs> oh just <laughs> it's the, I, I thought of that one day and i i That's cackled <laughs> All of our all of our shows up in, in, in this chapter. Oh wait, Sammy, are you are you trying to get us like to be chronological? You know what? I think it's I think it's okay. <laughs> you know, I do think maybe we should just do a summary of the whole thing first, and then we could like jump up, jump wherever we want. Get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. It starts off with the adoption getting cancelled. So it start it starts with that. Then it goes fight with Dex. Yeah, Foxfire, fight with Dex. And then after that, it's she gets the spy ball with her family. Right, yeah. And then she sees that her family's she gets the spy been evacuated family. because of the fires. And then she's just like, Oh yikes, man. I guess I gotta go bottle some Everblaze. Yeah, so she so she does that. <laughs> um she uses guilty. Guilty is a good girl. She goes, gets the fire, is threatened with tribunal, fight with Bianca and Fitz, 
kidnapping, drugged, rescue, lightly, uh, drug, nearly get re- nearly, yeah, Paris, Dex commits Paris, robbery, light leaping, um, nearly get kidnapped again, <laughs> uh, escape, uh, Sophie nearly, yeah, Sophie nearly fades, uh, she wakes up, talks with people, all her teachers give her 100% and happy ending, yeah, uh, we yeah. meet Sandor, and also Forkle, an elf. Forkman is elf. Also, by the way, let's just jot this down here. This is, I think, the only book in the series that just ends. No cliffhanger, it just ends. And you can just sit there and be like, yeah, okay, that wasn't bad. And then the, all the other books, it's like, wait, what was that? Can't wait for book two. And then the rest of the books, you're just like, ah! Yep, and you just scream for a year. Oh, yeah. I, I literally, I was, a, I was in a classroom when I finished Never Seen, and I nearly threw the book, but I had to just sit there just like, you're in a classroom, you're in a classroom, you're in a classroom. And I could see the same exact look on my, my friend, uh, one of my friends is also reading this series. And when she, I, I was in the, I was in the classroom with her when she finished, uh, when she finished Never Seen. We have reading for enjoyment together where you just get to read any book you want and take five notes and it can be anywhere in the book and you can say anything. There's no like guidelines for it. You just write whatever. And that's all the work you have to do for the whole semester for that class. So, uh. We sit next to each other, and I just I like I read, but I also glance up and like peek at where she at she's at and keep her. She's like midway through Nightfall right now, but uh, when it got to the end of Never Seen, she looked at me and was just like, "I am going to freak out." Keith betrayed everyone. <laughs> I remember that meme. <laughs> oh God! You know, you know. Unpopular opinion. I still have not forgiven him. Yeah. I think it's mostly just because he keeps pulling like the "I won't go with you" or like "I won't do this thing," and then I lie. <laughs> I think that's it. I'm just like until you stop doing that, that last sliver of not forgiving will remain. <laughs> Um, but I remember it took me a long time to actually forgive him at all for it. Like, I like, like, I, I, you know, I, I started liking him again, of course, in Lodestar, but, like, I got, but I didn't actually even begin to forgive that until, like, somewhere, like, late nightfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I think we'll talk about this more when we get to Lodestar, but, like, I just found it really hard to forgive him because... It because it seemed like none of the characters had to, right? Like as soon as you found find out that like oh he didn't actually betray them he was like a double agent the whole time everyone's just like oh okay that's cool and like I wasn't able to go along with the characters on just immediately yeah. being like oh, okay guess guess I that's was fine like, well, now that was a little fast yeah I think there should have been a little more struggle with that forgiveness mainly especially with like uh, Sophie and Fitz because like they were closer to him and it just gotta rebuild that yeah and like Fitz took it so hard yeah Fitz took it really hard and I I wish that was explored more too how that affected him and it's like like even if he didn't necessarily betray them like even if he wasn't actually going to work for the never seen one you still help them out and two like you still lied and we know how much that hurts them and it's just kind of forgotten (sighs) Anyway, wow, we've gotten, like, four books ahead. (laughs) We did, didn't we? (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, sorry (sighs) about that. Um, But, like, I think think consequences are something this series kind of drops the ball on a little. Like, even in that ending bit with, um... With all the teachers giving her a hundred percent, it's like oh that part bothered me. Yeah, I I forgot about it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I didn't like it at all. And and especially like because there's this sense where there's this moment where Lady Galvin is like I like Sophie has struggled in my class all year. She failed her midterm, and she didn't take her final final test. I can't in good conscience pass her. And everyone is like shaking their head. But no, she's a teacher. Her job is to teach. Sophie's clearly not... Exactly. Make sure that you have enough skill to move on. 
you know, so you don't die next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pass someone who was failing. Like, could she have been better? Could she have tried to give Sophie extra help? Sure, but the fact that, you know, everyone sees her not passing Sophie as cruel or a bad thing when it's just the logical conclusion of, you've struggled a lot in my class. Like, you can talk about how bad grades are and holding kids back are in, like, a grand sense, but under the, like, under the system that's set up, Lady Galvin literally can't pass Sophie. She has no reason to. And she has every reason to believe that Sophie's not capable. Yeah, the whole thing with, like, all the teachers giving her 100%, like, not even just passing her, but being like, yes, perfect score. It just felt a little excessive to me. Yeah, it's, I'm like, that's, that's, that's a little too much. A little too much. But, you know, at least we got a happy ending, right? Yeah, happy ending was yeah, good. Yeah, she deserves a little bit of ha- a little bit of happiness. She can she can have little of happiness as a treat. Spare a crumb of happiness. <laughs> a crumb of joy. Just a morsel of positive feelings. I mean, she's gonna need them in exile. Exile is not kind to anyone. <laughs> Yeah, Exile is brutal. It's actually my favorite. I I don't remember much about Exile. It's 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 been a while because I remember I only, I think, I only I I might have only read it once. I might have reread it once, but, um, I I do I I do remember, of course, you know the major things like Alden and you know that 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 whole mind break thing. I think, I think Exile might be. I think Exile might be the best of the series so far. My personal favorite is Legacy. Exile, maybe it's just because I didn't like it as much when I first read it and like ha- and then I lost it and wasn't able to reread it, but like it's it's pretty it's actually pretty low on my list, but we'll see how it is after I do my reread. It, it'll probably be ranked higher because, you know, my tastes change, I analyze more, you know. I appreciate Sokeef more these days. <laughs> And, like, there's probably just a lot of stuff that I forgot. Um, Legacy's my favorite, though. I, I, I loved Legacy. I, I finished that in 24 hours, and it's not an exaggeration. The thing is, Exile isn't my favorite. Even if I think it's objectively good, I like Never Seen better. Oh, Never Seen is so good. Never Seen is probably my... Se- Never Seen is my second favorite. Well, Never Seen was just fun. Never Seen was fun. Lynn and Tam, though, like, Lynn and Tam, I will never <laughs> shut up about Sorry, these I got two. excited. I will not. Tam, I is my, Tam is my favorite. We're just gonna, like, pterodactyl screech every time we mention the song Twins. <laughs> it's just how it's gonna be. I love them so much, especially Tam. He is my number one favorite character, okay? They just have my whole heart. I love him so much. Oh, boy. <laughs> that screech was my initial reaction i didn't even think about it <laughs> jumping to a completely unrelated topic as we have been for the last half hour um in paris after dex robs an atm he immediately takes out an elf gun oh oh yeah the melder yeah no, he never. He doesn't fire it. He knocks it out of. He knocks it out of the uh, leader's hands, and then someone else fires. I will say the first two miss. I does is that because I know there's a moment where Dex is like, oh, the Melder something something, technopath something something, and we know the first two miss. I don't know if that's connected. Just throwing that one out there. Anyway, right after that, he also gets elf tased. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad that the age range has changed to 12 to 17. I get to fit into the age range for another month. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a lot for an 8 it to 12 really year was. old book. IMO. Not that I usually care about fitting into age ranges. Like, I unironically and mostly unashamedly, like, wholeheartedly enjoy Miraculous Ladybug and Ever After High. Everyone else can screw off. I feel like Biana would be very much into Ever After High, though. Just saying. <laughs> and Lynn. She and Lynn would bond over that. I only have, like, a very surface-level knowledge of it, but I feel like Biana would really dig the outfits. Absolutely. Anyway, Paris. 
Okay. But yeah, back to Paris. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see one thing about Paris, which is like the the medicine that Mr. Forkle gives them, it looks I don't know if it disappears the burns, because I remember she mentions that, but I'm trying to find Oh yeah, and also by the way, in Paris we find out that Sophie does not have one ability, nor two abilities, <laughs> but, but three, three abilities. Three different abilities. And so it begins. Like this is this is where the counter starts. Exactly. And then we just keep going. I wonder how many more she's gonna get at this point. Not only a telepath, but also an inflictor. And a polyglot. That's yeah. I have mixed feelings about Sophie's abilities. Yeah, I th- the thing I really like though is normally ever like it it would be like, oh, like, like, when you make a character who could do that much compared to everyone else, it, it it would have a lot of, like, oh, that's, like, so overpowered and, like, oh, kind of like a Mary Sue. But, like, what I kind of like, though, is that Sophie doesn't, for the most part, she doesn't know how to do, the, like, she she has the ability, but she doesn't know exactly how to work them very well and she'll screw them up all the time so well yeah they're bonuses to have and she uses them correctly a lot of the time they're also big hindrances to her and i like that a lot yeah and i also like how um they do sort of bring attention to the fact that she is kind of overpowered and um never seen regarding the whole circlet thing so it's not like something yeah. that just completely like flies under wait the, the circlet thing do you mean everblaze oh did i do you mean oh ever- did i say never talked seen? about never oh yeah i meant everblaze <laughs> everblaze i mean actually i think given that you can say that the circlet thing is pretty much really nicely set up in paris like this is where it all comes from this is how it comes back to bite them three books two books later a book later i don't know how i don't know how math works yeah Honestly, when I was, like, reading this section, the main, my main takeaway from it was just how chaotic this entire ending is. It's wild. Exactly. And, like, she's so young, too, because she's just like, what is happening? Like, first she gets, like, drugged and tortured for information in a cave. For ten And then days. Dex commits a crime and robs an ATM. And then he gets tased. And then Sophie takes out the entire never scene with her mind. And nearly like, dies. There's a lot of things happening in very rapid succession. I'm surprised that she just didn't have a full-on breakdown then during that. I, I, I would have. Yeah. Um, oh, that part when um, after Sophie and Gildy Bottle Everblaze when Grady's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll pretend it was me and I'll say I mesmerized her. Yeah, that was so sad. Especially, like, since he knows now, since they're, like, not on great terms because of the adoption thing, like, he knows that Sophie's mad at him, yet he still cares about her so much. Oh my god, I nearly cried rereading it, like, to earlier, I nearly cried. And he's still willing to take the bullet. Yeah, he's still willing to take the fall for her. It's such a good scene. It really is. I love Grady so much best best dad well okay also he and kessler are tied oh yeah that's very true kessler is amazing and even though he's not like an official dad elwin yes (laughs) elwin has dad energy okay no but just just stop for a moment and think about how incredibly scary this was me for grady and Adeline. they lost one blonde haired daughter who got into things with a black swan got into things involving fire and was killed for it and now here they are at risk of losing another blonde haired daughter who got into things with black swan who did questionable things involving fire and now might get exiled for it like if that doesn't hit all the trauma points, I don't know what would. So many parallels. Seriously, it must be, like, terrifying for them. Legitimately, like... I appreciate them so much. They're 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 so strong, honestly, really. They're so good. One of the things, one of the things I'm really, I really like about this series is, it's like, the adults are not perfect, but they're Exactly, they're they so very not perfect. Uh-huh. And, 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 and the, but they're still trying is the thing, and they still show up. 
in really important, really effective ways. And it's not a thing I see a lot in YA novels, because YA novels tend to go, all the adults are gone or missing or just useless or not there. Like, you know, for example, uh, Artemis Fowl, the adults are useless. Uh, series of unfortunate events, the adults are useless. M Benedict Society, most of the adults are useless, although that one is better about adults being decent. But this was the only one where it's like, yeah, no, the people in your family are good. They are deeply, deeply fallible, but they are good. Yeah, and like the the like the adults are actual the adults and especially the parents are like actual important characters instead of the ones who are just there like, ah yes, I have child. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I like how much importance they give to not just like the friend relationships, but also the parent child relationships. Because I feel like with every family, you can, like, it has an important, I don't know the word. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, important to the plot. Yeah, and it's important to like characters' developments. Is, is the word theme? Because it feels like, like, I don't know if the word you're looking for was theme, but it feels like that's, that really is a major theme in the books a parent child relationship and what it means to have and to be a family. And we see that explored in a bunch of different ways. Like, Sophie, Sophie with Sophie with her human family, Sophie with Grady and Edeline, Sophie with Orly even, and then through the backers you have Fitz and Bianna, Oliver's betrayal, Alden's mind break, all of these really interesting things that end up exploring how this family relates to each other and how they connect. And then you have another take on it with Keith and Lord Cassius because they are still they're, they're biological family, but they're not family in the way that we've come to know it. Exactly. Through the backers and through Cassius is just terrible. Yeah, Cassius is just. Terrible and person. like I really like and I, I like how the relationship between Gisela and Keith is handled like a lot like it was like it, how it was like strictly like very much like kind of called out uh in in legacy with uh w with something that Cassius said like she'll get like like his quote was something along his quote about her with the way that she was both towards Keith and himself was like she gives you just enough love to keep you like wanting more and and you know thinking that she loves you but she will only give you so much and then she will like take a take enough away to keep you just always wondering what you did wrong no matter what you feel about her like you'll just wonder you'll always have this thought like what did you do wrong that wasn't good enough for her and i i i got chills when i read that i was just like whoa yeah, they were no no sugarcoating emotional abuse right there. One thing I wanted to say, which is once again, this is for our later books. But one of the things that's really interesting is comparing how the songs relate to their parents versus how Keith relates to his parents. We're talking about the songs. Both. What? I got sorry. I I just went. We're talking about the songs. I got excited. <laughs> Technically, we're not supposed to. It's so many books ahead. But like, if you look at like how they compare, because both of them were deeply failed by their parents. You know, they're just not. Their parents just weren't weren't good parents, and yeah, they're 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 terrible parents. Exactly, but they respond to that. Both their parents, both parent and child, children in the song's case, respond to that in really different ways. And I just think it's cool. Like, see how these are two examples of how parents can you know really legitimately fail their children and how that manifests differently. And then you have Dex, whose whole thing it's just it's just so interesting because you have Grady, Edeline, and Sophie, which are, you know, more of a found family who had to choose each other and who, you know, maybe they're not necessarily portrayed as having doubts, but I I think they anyway but yeah, like, we went through the whole thing with Sophie and, you know, choosing and being rejected. But, like, you have that, and then you have the Vackers, a noble family, who are a family. The Sankins? Sankins? Sankins. A noble family that's... Yeah, it, 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 yeah, Sensen. I always thought it was Sensen. The Keats. But... A noble family who aren't much Sankin. of a family. <laughs> the Keats now. I'm, I'm not... That's the issue nightmare. Keith, Keefy. <laughs> All right, his his name's Keith, Keith. It's Lord Keith, 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 Gisella Keith. His last name is the other pronunciation, so it's Keith, Keefy. Keith, Keefy, <laughs> Gisella Keefy. Oh my god. But anyway, it's like you have a noble family that's not really emotionally a family, and then you have the songs and the the. Disney's, why did I forget Dex's last name for a spell there? But like, and then those two, you can compare them because their families 
that had to deal with societal pressures telling them they were wrong somehow. You were the songs being born as twins, and then the Disneys, who weren't a good match, and the Disneys, who kind of powered through it, and were like, we're heckin' valid, though. Yeah, they came together as a family around that, and the songs, who let it split them. Exactly. Except for, like, like my, my, my and Quan are still in love, but, like, oh boy. Kiddos. But they let it split them in half. So you and Maya and Kwan and then their children and there's a break there. I don't mean to turn this into a whole podcast about the songs. I would be in a whole podcast about the songs. (laughs) Legitimately. Like, I'm here, Sam's here, you're here. What what was supposed to happen? Song Appreciation Squad. (laughs) That's what what the title's gonna be. Song Appreciation. All the S's today. Oh boy. Okay, do we have anything else to say about like the actual ending of of the book? <laughs> oh boy. Jumping to a completely different topic. <laughs> As we seem to do, but that's fine, it's valid. <laughs> so when Sophie's at, at the end of, of this book of Keeper One, when Sophie's in Alden's fish tank like aquarium, um wait, no, Fish tank like aquarium <laughs> office. Get out of my those fish words, tank! Those words end up in some sort of order. Um, <laughs> Get out of my fish tank! Uh, I'm telling Della. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, at uh, there's a point where Olvar comes in and sees uh Sophie's memory log. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and he starts asking these questions about like, oh, what is that? Is that a memory log? What's going on? And Alden also seemed to uh, be like, seem that feel like that feel like Olvar was kind of suspicious. He was like, "Oh, it's nothing," and like, "Go away." I wonder if he's been suspicious for a while, like of Alvar not exactly being on, you know, in non shady things. I'd like to see that. I don't know. That was just something interesting that like I noticed. Like, Alden being like, oh my god, I think my son is maybe not exactly who I think he might be, no, but then, like, trying to doubt me, like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just overthinking, he, I, it's just my first son leaving the house, it's fun, like, that kind of stuff, like, but, like, always having that nagging suspicion that, like, something is I think I think he might have thought something was up. I don't think he ever would have gone. My son is trying. Like I don't think he could have. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think he would have. Yeah, definitely not that. But he's. But I feel like he probably like just always has this nagging Like he's involved in something that's not exactly great, and I worry for him. Well, did they even know? About the Never Seen at this point? No, they didn't even have a name to put for it. Like, they didn't know the Never Seen even existed. Right. I bet... I mean, honestly, Alden probably thought Olvar was part of the Black Swan. Because they think the Black Swan's evil at this point. Yeah. Until it was like... uh, Black Swan didn't... Yeah. And then with the whole, like... Yeah, no, the Black Swan weren't my kidnappers, though. (laughs) And actually, I, I think a member rescued me. <laughs> but, but even here, you can see, like, the setup for the betrayal early on. Uh, when, um... Right? He's, like, away that often, like... I feel like some of his, like... From what little I remember of when you meet Alvar... Uh, Alvar says, probably because my father's always off chasing phantom rebels. Ah, yes. Just being like, no, they do not exist. I do not know what you mean. <laughs> you know... Like a liar. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that, like, that bitterness starting to grow there. Because, yeah, when, when he betrays them later on, you, 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 like, when he reveals he's been part of the Never Seen, and Fitz is like, why would you do this? Oliver's like, because, you know, he was so focused on finding this mythical moonlark that he forgot he had actual children. And that's where you see it first. Father's always off chasing phantom rebels. Maybe he believes they exist, maybe he doesn't, but either way, he feels robbed in some way because his father was too busy focusing on this bigger picture politic thing to forget his family. Like, family issues, they're a theme, y'all. They're a theme. I literally never thought of that, and I am loving you for this, Star. Thank you for bringing so much, like, just bra- just so much brain. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't have... I don't know English. <laughs> English is a broken language. What did, did we have anything else to say? 
Um, let's see. Details from book one. Uh, I love Elwyn, anyway. <laughs> I just felt like I should say that again. I think we need, like, an Elwyn appreciation minute for every episode. Yes. Uh, I have decided that there is absolutely no way that Tiergen like, ha- does not have feelings for Prentice. I am sorry. I just, like, because, like, Wiley had Wiley has family like that he's close with like you know he's pretty close with Maruka like he has family that he's close with that totally could have taken him in but Tiergen was like no my son now (laughs) and I'm just here like and with the way that he talks about Prentice sometimes I'm just like hmm you know there could be a heterosexual explanation for this but I'm electing to ignore it (laughs) Okay, but you know, you know what that does imply? That Tyrion and Prentice were co-parenting Wiley long before Prentice. What do you mean they weren't? Like they, they, they had to have been. There is no way. <laughs> what a, what a, what a good, what a good thought. Also, by the way, speaking of um, jumping to a completely different section, my apologies. I was flipping through and I just saw this quote. You remember how we were talking about how brutally dark this stuff was? Oh, yeah. This is one of the darkest points in the series, really. There's a moment where Sophie wakes up while she's fading, opens her eyes, sees people coming towards her, and goes, I'm... Yep, yep. And I I just, I was sitting there and I saw it and I was like, oh, right. We went there. I just remembered that. Like, I know we've had the whole discussion about how elves don't actually comprehend suicide, but who boy? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It caught me off guard. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Sophie was just like, I, I'm going to head out. Sophie, guess I'll die. Vince, I'm not dead. <laughs> Stop telling people I'm dead. <laughs> Sometimes I still hear her voice. <laughs> Honestly, those whole last, like, eight or so chapters were just like, intense (laughs) oh this is kind of a tangential point um but um earlier on in the section there was this line that just cracked me up that was um what if so what either grady or edelin said i hope you have a good night and sophie replied don't worry i won't no it was keith it was keith that said that (laughs) yeah keith because like he could he could tell something was very wrong and he was just like Something's not something bad happened, didn't it? She's just like, "Yep," and he's like, "And I'm gonna guess that you don't want to talk about it." And she's like, "Uh huh," and he's like, "And I'm willing to bet I won't be able I won't be able to guess it either." She's like, "Yeah," and then as like they're leaving Foxfire, he goes, he just goes, "Well, I hope you have a good night," and she goes, "Don't worry, I won't." And then immediately <laughs> after, she goes to her room and starts blasting heavy metal. <laughs> and both of those things combined just they're such like a middle school thing to do wake me up <laughs> inside yeah i mean she is middle school age that's what that's that's what you do and you know what sophie valid anyway i think we all agree that she's an mcr stan right <laughs> oh my god sophie would have come sophie would have like broken all the rules and lightly back to forbidden cities just to be there for their reunion i can't really say much because i have an actual i don't think aside from maybe like once or twice like a song coming on in the background i don't think i've ever listened to my chemical romance i'm probably the only human on earth but never listened to mcr uh does anyone have Anything else they wanted to bring up? Yeah, I think that's just about it. I mean, about this particular book, not not at the moment, really. It'll probably come to me later because that's how my brain works, and I just always think of oh, ah point, but no, <laughs> it's always too late. I mean, it, oh, I think I'll say, I think I'll say it was a good, it was a good ending. It, it, what it really does is it it, it, it reframes the it, like it it reframes the whole rest of the series and like oh by the way. This is what we're dealing with now. Yeah. This is like this, this is isn't gonna, gonna go, be fun for you. <laughs> yeah. But also it like it lets you it lets you come home. It's it's really nice. Like there's this little bit at the end where it's like, yeah, happy endings. Exactly. It's also like, this isn't gonna be fun for you, but not everything is like 
screwed. <laughs> Not everything has to suck forever. Yeah, it was it was really nice for everything to just be resolved. Yeah. And then for all the other books, it'll just be ah! <laughs> just like that one vine with like the, the like the batteries or whatever. Just ah! 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 <laughs> But the last line, the last line is the last line of the book is Sophie Foster was going home, and that's just yeah. I love that. I, it made me go soft. <laughs> Baby, yeah, going it's, home. It's really nice. Go home, yeah. baby. Curl up with your imp. Have some time with your new parents. <laughs> One more thing. Imagine how much it would have sucked to hold a funeral for Sophie, and then you find out she's alive, but then she fades, and you have to hold it again. <laughs> Imagine the paperwork. Do you think they would have planted two wanderlings but yeah. for her? Maybe. Who knows? Man, Wanderlings, like, Wanderlings, it, it, it's sad, but, like, also, they're such a cool concept. I really like them. I want to have a Wanderling, but, like, not be dead. <laughs> Just get kidnapped, tortured, drugged for ten days, slashed, burned, and interrogated, then nearly die coming back. Yeah, that that was pretty <sighs> wild. Jesus. I just want to give Sophie Foster a hug. Mm, same. Oof. They all need a hug. It doesn't get any better. It literally, it does not get any better from them from here. I guess, uh, any last impressions of just Keeper One as a book? Oh my god, so much nostalgia. I, I missed, I, I, I missed happy times with Sophie. I started reading this book aloud to my- Remember when, like, they weren't in danger of dying and they were just at Foxfire? You all remember that? Because I sure didn't. Mm-hmm. I started reading this, uh, this book aloud to my Nana because she wanted to experience it because of how much I talk about it. Uh, she loves it so far. We're, like, halfway through. We got halfway through the book in one day. But, um, like, I like I forgot how emotional Sophie, like, leaving her, her human parents was. Like, I, I, and I got really sad. And I remember my Nana actually cried at it <laughs> a little bit. And honestly, I, I, I like how the, like, I, we, we talked about it earlier, but, like, how the book goes with, like, family. I like that a lot. And I I liked how it was how how it's handled. Yeah, the thing is, I've always thought of Keeper One. It's always been my least favorite out of like books, and I think that's just it's because like yeah, like there are a lot of issues issues with it, and like it's the first book, so it's not as well written compared to the later ones. But like rereading it, yeah, it doesn't. It, it's it's finding its footing. Yeah, yeah, but like rereading it, like there are. Actually, a lot of things to to like is something that I found like, yeah, like you said, like the like Sophie tr- leaving her parents, um, the whole ending bit in Paris. I'd forgotten how much that was. How tense. So yeah, yeah. I think I think we're I think good. So. I finally was able to participate. This was fun. Hopefully, I'll be able to participate a lot more. I probably will be in the next like couple weeks because. Thanks, coronavirus. Thanks, corona. <laughs> Brought to you by corona, the virus. Oh, in all honesty, though, like, wash your hands, stay safe. Yeah, wash your hands for the love of God, please, especially if you're, if you're sharing books with your friends. <laughs> stay at wash home, wash your be hands. careful, take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. We're all gonna be okay. Uh, next week, our episode is gonna be a little different than usual. We're not talking, we're not doing a read-through. We're, um, we're gonna talk about something a little different. Uh, so watch out for that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram. I do have Instagram, but like, I don't use it as much. So I'm just going to give my, my Tumblr instead. Um, and my, my Tumblr is ADHD, anxiety, and lesbianism with like those little like hyphen dash thingies between, between the, all the words. Uh, yeah all the words sometimes i mix up words and letters like the me like the definitions for each other so i'm like it's not between all the letters so yeah and then i don't have a tumblr but you can find me at star dreamer 2 on ao3 i don't have anything keeper posted yet but maybe we'll get on it or maybe we never will we'll find out <laughs> yee and um if you want to let us know how we're doing send us a message at keepercast on tumblr or the keepercast on instagram uh and that's about it for today i wonder if i wonder if we should i wonder if we should like i don't know 
maybe on one of Shannon's posts or something, just like comment like, we made a podcast if you want to look at our humble creation. I don't know. I do kind of want to email her assistant and be like, hey, so. We made a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Today was fun. Did we have a sign off? I haven't been able to like finish a full episode yet. Yeah. Yeah, we we put together a sign off. It's real it's not a lot. It's just um this has been Kiefercast. See you next week. Bye bye. See you next week. Bye.